And welcome to the chorus with Stefan Voss. Hello, and Bruce Denwell. <laughs> I subdued Bruce Denwell. Welcome to the chorus podcast. Please, uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, take a moment to give us any sort of likes that you might click mm-hmm. or a subscription. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Thank you. Share Thank us you. with your friends if you enjoy us. We are a podcast, Bruce, for those Talk. who are listening for the Speaking first time. Speaking about books and films and the televisuals Indeed. and very and theatre and music and anything Cultures vaguely and cultural. So yes, some yeah. bits of travel and food and coffee and whiskey and, and whatever what, else. What we need to do is come up with a clever tagline that basically says we are here to help you weed through the massive huge amounts yeah, of media. Yeah, it needs to be shorter there. than what you've just said, yeah. but we'll we'll work on that. We'll whittle it down. We'll point you in the right direction or the wrong direction when it comes to all of the things yes. that you could watch, listen but to or read. So that you don't have to watch four million things or read four million books or and whatever. give up. We will. After the halfway through the second yes. episode of whatever you've been watching. What right. are we talking about today, young Bruce? I am speaking about what's in the Bible, which okay. makes it sound like a whole completely Goodness different podcast. Me. But that's that's the book I'm reading. It's called oh. what, is, what is the Bible? What is the Bible? And it's it's great. Um, so we'll chat about that. It's it's, it's just My a Robble. whole Robble, also known as Rob Bell. Oh, yes. Um, but yes, so all sorts of perspectives on that. I'm going to chat. Possibly a bit about Mauritius, where I was for the last week. Oh yes, lovely, the lovely. old Mauritius. Um, uh, I, I finished Squid Game recently. I know I'm a bit behind oh, the, the curve there, we but talk about it the game of squids. Um, a musical mm. uh, which has been made into a film a movie film for the Netflix goodness me um, and uh, some delays I think the music oh in, in okay yeah delay pedals no alright you'll see I have uh, <laughs> two books to talk about I have um, one two movies to talk about I've got a TV show to talk about lots of things to talk about so yes, good news I can uh, happy yes. to report that uh, last time we spoke about our guitar safari yes. that I went on with oh, our friend Kurt so very jealous yes. and I'm happy to report that the white falcon has landed safely the falcon has landed in Switzerland oh, and man. is in one piece it wasn't um, destroyed en route excellent well so, now we need to do a Switzerland because I met a couple of Swiss people in, in the Mauritius mm. so now we need to do a Swiss tour the chorus on tour. Oh, that sounds um, amazing. It does, hey? Swiss Air, yeah, sponsor yeah. us here. Yeah. Come on, let's go, guys. I don't know if Swiss Air exists anymore. But anyway, okay. somebody flies Somebody flies there. You do that. We'll do a guitar safari to Switzerland. No, no, they're very expensive there. We will... It's okay. We'll Some, buy a guitar here. Will. Kurt, buy another guitar, and we will take it to Switzerland for you. We will make, we'll make a plan. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, Yes, Ooh, I see. You've read, two, you've read two books, books lately. Maybe yes. we should start with books. Let's, Let go, let's dive into the books. I'll qualify but, uh, this. My first book would, uh, in days of yore, have been called a comic, but of course, yes. comics have gained um, some integrity, some whatever of late. So now we can call them comic books. Some cash, books. Cachet. Ooh, that's a heavy one. Indeed, it is called Batman: The Dark Knight, Master Race by Frank Miller. Dun, dun. So, in 1986, Frank Miller released a. Batman comic book um, I think it was three or four um, editions that were then put together in a, in a graphic novel which I collected 1986 was Batman The Dark Knight Returns which was a reboot essentially before reboots were a thing of the Batman legend and in fact if you look at Chris Nolan's uh, The Dark yes. Knight movie it was very very informed in fact all of the more recent Batman um, movies have been very, very informed by Frank Miller's retelling of the Batman mm, 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 myth. Mm. Um, in 2001, 2002, he returned with The Dark Knight Strikes Again. 
which is also a fantastic Frank, Frank Miller. Frank Miller, uh, just just uh, three hundred. Uh, yes, uh, Sin City. So all of that, all ones. of that kind of kind of look. Hmm. Um, but this, those are those are him as a director. Is that correct, or is that also based on his uh, on books. his on his comic books? Yeah, but he's directing. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. He directed with Robert Rodriguez, I think. Since I think he, he directed the, uh, the, the Fury Road, Mad Max. Mad, I think he Mad, did that as well. Frank Miller. I'll, I'll look it Possibly. up. You, you can look that anyway. Um, so, so he's got this thing about Batman and Batman's battles with Superman, and it brings in the Green Lantern, and a lot of people from the sort of DC universe are involved. Um, they were groundbreaking, very, very hard-hitting kind of um, pulling on the zeitgeist, and, and even making sort of predictions of all sorts of things. Frank Miller is um, renowned for good reason. He's a busy guy. Yes, he is. So since two thousand and one, two thousand and two, no, I was George Miller. Sorry, Mad Max George is George Miller, of course. Anyway, carry on. Um, As you were, and so then I heard tell mm-hmm. uh, whispers in the on ether the fine. that um, so when I bought the I bought the graphic novels as collections, um, the Dark Knight Strikes uh, Returns, the Dark Knight Strikes Again, uh, graphic novels, and loved them. I dipped my toe into graphic novels collecting, and I've only got a a handful of them but but really sort of the cream of the crop um it, it's something that i've really enjoyed i think we're seeing more and more how comic books are the new um fodder for hollywood yes so in terms of I Marvel, if that is because you know i mean obviously you know uh, so it's a big part of a um, making a film is storyboarding oh interesting you pick up you pick up a graphic novel uh, I and think you've, got, you've got most of a storyboard kind of I think it's been I agree with that I think it's been more to do with storytelling um, comic books uh, over the last they, because they were underground they were neglected in terms of literature yes um, the comic books have been a voice for very very progressive thinking pushing mm. the envelope with all kinds of uh, subject matter and uh, the way you, you tell a story on a page so art and all sorts of things so they've been a very this fertile ground for very progressive art and we've seen netflix now is hugely into taking comic books and making them unfortunately it seems to have been one season i think um, umbrella academy has been the most successful of those mm-hmm. which has had mm-hmm. two seasons and i see there's a very exciting new one bebop cowboy bebop i wonder, I wonder what what that is why why they're not lasting if it's a because it's kind I think of more it's of too a cult soon, thing and then it become, yeah. becomes it's almost too mainstream for the audience that it originally loved it. Oh, no, no. I think it's it's now taking the audience at large, the lowest common denominator, introducing to them, but we're just not ready yet. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So you've got you've got the guys who love it. They're kind of going, mm. either 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 I do like this, which is probably going to not be the majority of them, yeah. or, or kind of, okay. But even if they all liked it. It's like when you go on holiday and you find a lovely place and you don't want everyone to go there. True. But even I think step. even if the comics original audience all loved it, it wouldn't really be a success. Yeah. They needed to break to mainstream. I don't think it's quite made that yeah. transition yet uh, in terms of success. Also, I imagine they're very expensive to make because there would mm. be a lot of CG and yes, a lot yes, of yes. Um, Anyway, so I heard tell that he Frank Miller had started a, a third installment called Batman: The Dark Knight Master Race, and I watched. I thought I'm going to wait until. Um, each edition has come out because he did a, a comic book and then they would be collected into a. I think Trump read that. As, I, hope, as a, I hope not. Possibly. As a manifesto. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so I waited for each one to come out, and I remember seeing the release of, of the single uh, um, editions uh, and um, not reading them, not buying them, and waiting until uh, the collection came out. Eventually, the collection came out, and then I waited for years, it seems like, in South Africa Many to years. get the graphic novel. 
and eventually through my benefactor and my exclusive books uh, windfall i ordered it through exclusive books okay. and this is so here it is i've gotten it um batman the dark knight master race i've enjoyed it i read I, I like sort of have comic book weekends mm-hmm. and i've read it uh, twice now and it's very much um along the same lines of the first two uh, brilliant this time he's um he didn't uh, do the the art for the main uh, stories but this is um like the seven or eight it, stories and then in between them there's the dark knight universe presents okay. so the little in between stories that he actually penned it's actually uh, it's such wise. a fascinating um genre is the wrong word but it's just a fascinating headspace uh characters like batman and whatever because they they obviously they can just they don't they don't need to age you know no and they, and, can, and they can just have all sorts of all sorts of emotion again apart yeah. from what they can do physically but just there can be so many different layers that you can explore and for even ages. in the yeah even in the recent one you know the, the ones before strikes again whatever batman was kind of a has-been he's old now he can't really do it anymore then mm-hmm. does he die does he come back to life is he old enough can he still do it he's going to fight superman but he's really hurt he's not a superhero in the sense that batman doesn't have any superpowers yes, yeah. um and, and the myth and and the, the massive um hero trope from Greek mythology that that these things play on yeah. classical uh, all those stories are very very much part of the human idea of like a cultural ideas that you play with they're very much mm. part of us heroes and villains and you need and, something else yeah it's, yeah it's aspirational you need something to believe in Mm. Um, and a hero's but, in, in, in the ancient sense a hero's kind of halfway to a god but exactly and they talk about that as yeah. well very much so um, so every time someone comes so the flash so uh, there's the flash and then superhero comes in and goes oh my and then he then flash goes uh, god every time you say that I feel like holding up a mirror you know like weird <laughs> things like that um, so they play on that ever since um, um, uh, Watchmen by Oh, can I not forget the guy's name now? Who did Watchmen? No, no famous. He's, he's just uh, I was oh. as you said it. I said Frank Miller. No way, that uh, can't be right. Anyway, anyway so, so his his um, deconstructing the the psychology of the superhero. Mm-hmm. So saying, well, these are superheroes, but they also have this humanity to them. And what does that mean? So the comic books has really um, interrogated and deconstructed all of these ideas of myth, and and this carries on in that um, it's visually absolutely beautiful and fantastic. Um, tells stories incredibly well uh, all these sort of the, the the ideas are messing with um the the little comic book uh, uh, what is it called a square with a story <laughs> in it frame the frames you know all that kind of stuff is brilliant 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 so so um it it may it may be for some sort of more of the same if you're expecting something as earth shattering as the first one mm-hmm. and and possibly the second one. I don't know that you're going to get that, but I don't think in this world and day and age you can. But again, it's, back, it's brilliant. Back, back to the 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 niche appeal thing. I mean, it's a huge niche, but it's still a niche. Um, well, that niche is becoming more and more. I think the the kids now that have now grown up with the Marvel, Marvel universe in yeah. the universe uh, in the movies are going to be a whole new generation yeah. of not I'll be interested anymore. to see because of the the way of consuming I'll be way interested to see if it is the same because obviously with yeah original comic books in 1930 or something they were very they, they, old there were only you know, oh, yeah. 70 of those and blah blah, blah. So it's a very different pages. thing now a billion people Pulp, can see the movie yeah, yeah. Um, and it just and it won't have the same impact per person no, no, no. if that makes sense of course you not. know per capita <laughs> that's just yeah signs yeah. of the times I guess yeah. so it is very interesting in that sense um, 
it's great i think that we have a whole new generation of people that are into but it is as you say different it's not like this oh you, you know your, your comic book and it was mm-hmm. called the pulp because you would just read yes, it and throw it totally. away and be pulped and whatever. or if you kept it you could buy a house now yes absolutely those first editions spider-man Awkward. i see the whole spider-man it's it's interesting how they keep on getting told again and again mm. you know so instead of going into and it's getting more like that now marvel's done shang chi legend of the ten yes, rings yes, yes. these very peripheral what in a sense were peripheral you know waiting for the silver surfer movie and yeah whatever. it's not it's not that peripheral and Yet, if you if you consider that it's aimed at China, well, yes. which is but but as a superhero, it's not Superman or Batman yeah, yeah. or Spider Man. So far, we've had how many Spider Men? Yes, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Now we've got Tom Holland. So it's the same story being yeah, told yeah. again and again and again. But they haven't made a movie about you know uh, Captain whoever it was. Um, it's a catchy name. Yeah, even Shazam has got his own movie. Shazam. Um, right. Mm. Cool. So, speak- so that's one book. No, wait. Let me jump in the middle. Okay, you jump speaking, in. With your book. Speaking of gods. Or God, in this case, it's, this is a book called "What Is the Bible?" Uh, how Who is an, Rob Bell? How an Sorry. ancient library of poems, letters, and stories can transform the way you think and feel about everything. Hmm. Now let's go to the back there. Rob Bell is the New York Times best-selling author of some stuff, um, and he's been profiled in the New York Magazine. He, at 2011, he was one of the most hundred most influential people in the world for oh. time. Blah, blah, is blah, he blah. a religious person? Yes. Okay. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was a pastor, but that's really not mentioned here. Um, uh, so yes, he has a regular show at Largo, the legendary music and comedy club in West Hollywood. So I don't know what that's about. Anyway, interesting. Look him up. Um, so this is about what's what's the deal with the Bible? Yes, but it's about, and for that reason, it's fascinating because if you say Bible, you'll get broadly speaking one of two two reactions. One is holy text. Let's just go with it. Okay. And one is kind of. Um, I accept it, you know, you don't have to be a believer, but I accept it as what it says it is, but I just, I can't believe it, that that's an actual story, and I'm confused about why God is mean, and blah, 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 etc., etc., you know, all completely valid questions. Basically, people will say, oh, the Bible, that's what uh, Christians base their thing on, but I've heard that it's full of inaccuracies. Or as as a Christian, of any um, experience or or, or development, you you might just go, look, I've read it, but I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Sure. And what he does very, very, very well here, and he does it in this beautiful um, kind of uh, the way he's presented. Beautiful if, and if, kind. If you were, if you were watching him, he'd be he'd be all over the place. He'd be ADD okay. and smiling and gesturing and right. going. This Walking is so fascinating. Hmm. And you'd, you'd passionate. Be, exactly, you'd be grabbed by his his passion Further. for the for the topic. Now, what I. Um, it's actually interesting because I, I had sort of made a note of this somewhere else and then I just opened the book randomly now and it's popped up again. So um, I've, just a, a quote which really hit home and, and which affects the way he talks about it. He goes, I've heard people say they read the Bible literally and that that's the best way, as if that's the best way to understand the Bible. It's not. We read it literally. We read it according to the kind of literature ah, yes. that it is. In that's how you honor way. it. That's how you respect it. That's how you learn from it, and that's how you enjoy it. So it's full of poems, which is a literal exactly. Thing. It's but full again, of those are those are interesting words as to how you interact with it. Honor, respect, learn, enjoy, hmm. um, learn from. So I, it it basically, I mean, it, it goes on over a, a bunch of topics, and he, he keeps joining them together, and he keeps going. This is the weirdest little thing. I mean, chapter one is called Moses and his moisture. Huh. Um, you know, so he keeps he keeps moisture he picks yeah he picks he picks up absolutely he picks up a little um, topic and or an, or a perspective and he goes, why haven't we just why haven't we explored this and how do we explore this? Um, so who pay Jesus bills is another one. Um, what has he got here? He's got 
you know, the whole Melchizedek thing and why you love and know it's true. Melchizedek, uh, of course, him. I'm just going to check where the dogs are because they're yeah, yeah, suspiciously yeah. quiet. Two or three kinds of apocalypses. Basically, he goes, he jumps all over the place and he knows he's jumping all over the place. And the fact is most of us read the Bible or if you've ever read or ever are going to read the Bible, you're going to read it in pieces. Um, and I'm back. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so, yeah, the, the fact that he's he's jumping all over the place is it, it reflects how it is as well. It is it is a bunch of. I like that. It's actually. a it's a collection of literature. Yeah. Mm. So as we said, I mean, it, it's poetry. It, you don't read the wasteland and assume that Eliot is looking looking physically at a desert as no, he no. writes it. You don't, well, and you never would. And you would think that's literature. stupid. Yes. And yet you. And yet you'll come here and read this. Um, you uh, you don't know. He also points out just the importance of context, which is an obvious thing, but it's not something people pay a hell of a lot of attention to. So the you know if there's this strange and, and, and is strange, then he goes, you need to look at the context there. And there's a lot of that sort of pointer. If it's weird, you know, make sure yeah. make sure you go and look at the context. Don't if it's repeated, it's meant to be like that, even though it's weird. Because they so so if it comes up oil on a pancake on a if Thursday. it comes from three people in different scenarios in different centuries and whatever. That's an important thing. Follow it through, but go and do the work. Hmm. So a lot of it is the the background to it is go and do the work. That's but, interesting. But wonderful, yeah. wonderful, wonderful attitude. So if you're reading this as a complete non-Christian, if you're reading this as a devout atheist, if you're reading this as a, a person who's been a born again Christian for forty years, it all, I think, it will add considerably to all hmm. of your, uh, in, your your perspective on the Bible okay. um, and if you're somebody who wants to either start or continue or improve interacting with the Bible um, I think it's an excellent thing um, and it's also just again the tone of his, his language is is real it's um, it's not he's, he's, clear, he's clearly well studied he's clearly he's clearly swatted um, but it's but it's it's just going you know it's it's normal speaking language um, as I say if if for somebody who says, oh, I don't want to read the Bible, it's old-fashioned, but we'll go to a TED Talk happily. Mm, and even is, if the TED Talk is about the Bible, yeah. and then not see the irony, um, this is the, the, it's that kind of thing. It will, it will enthuse you. you will, That's cool. It's like, going to, it's, like, it's like Henry Rollins wrote a book about the Bible. Nice. You know what I mean? It's just there's, there's the lots Bible of intelligence. According to Henry Rollins, come on. Henry, my brother. Uh, we've got to get Henry on the show. Henry? Okay. <laughs> anyway. What is the chance? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just this thing of... Uh, yeah, passion, knowledge, um, and 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 just loving to share knowledge, just wanting to see other people mm. learn. Obviously, you have to if you, if you want to follow up on any of this, that's your job. Yeah, um, um, I, I find this book, really very interesting it. in terms of um, in a world that is becoming more polarized religiously. Um, a book like this for me is is very important uh, in the sense that there are people who are what we call fundamental about mm. their religious faith, um, and and you get we. These days in the news, you hear about um, Islamic fundamentalists, yep. so the very, very extreme suicide bomber little girls in the mosque and wherever. But also there are Christian fundamentalists, and, and there's a big uh, swath of Trump country that I think yeah, falls yeah. under that. And I wonder how they would take this book, because there is a fundamental uh, well, yeah, Christian I mean, thing again, which says every word of the Bible no, but is absolutely very, no, true. No, they're not going to go. But very broadly speaking, fundamentalists have decided based on other other criteria than mm. common sense or, yes, 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 or, or exact exactly. facts. So just a couple of things also to read. I mean, just I'm, I'm pulling it out of, out of context here, but that's why the Bible is not a book about going to heaven. The action is here, the life is here, the point is here. It's a library of books about the healing and restoring and reconciling and renewing of this world, our home. Okay. Um, 
another section you know when you read the bible in its context you learn that it's a library of radically progressive books calling humanity forward into a better future this is in a, in a uh, chapter about abraham um, being willing to sacrifice isaac and, and again that's something that's a obvious example that people will harp on about how can that happen but and as he will explain here so go and read the book but he, he says here the point of the abraham and isaac story isn't that you should sacrifice your kid but that you can leave behind any notion of a God who demands that you sacrifice your kid. Hmm, but he explains that very, very well. Wow, okay, that's um, cool. You know, so it's, it's a case of looking at the same thing and whatever you've been told about it fundamentally, mm. um, your whole life you can go, ah, wait, if I'm willing to be open to a perspective that isn't what I've, been, I've had shoved down my throat for 20 years, let me revisit this and have a look. You know, because again, in that context, he's going. Abraham knew he wasn't going to have to hmm. uh, kill Isaac, Interesting. but he also knew that showing the faith again, based on cultural practices, which didn't involve killing children, but again, based on common cultural practices, he was just doing what the cultural common practice hmm. uh, required um, in terms of following an instruction. Anyway, there's. I mean, you, you could do, do a whole show on this. It's a fantastic book, highly recommended. Um, and what as, is as I say, the Bible? Any any sort of interest in yeah the Bible as literature in books, in history, mm. Middle Eastern history, anything. You don't have to be a Christian. It's great if you're a Christian. It's great if you're non-Christian. What is the Bible? Rob Bell, check it out. Nice. If you hear some sort of sound in the background, it appears that my neighbour has decided to engage a power saw at this uh, podcast time of the day. Uh, the other book that I've read, Young Bruce, yeah. which I wish I hadn't read. Ah, but I, I do wish that I had read it. Um, as you know, I'm a fool for the blues. Uh, fool. Okay. That's what a fool believes. Thank you, Michael. Um, and I've been looking into uh, more blues books, um, and this one was recommended here. Then everywhere, so I decided I'd take the plunge. It's called Escaping the Delta: Robert Johnson and the Invention of the Blues dun, dun, dun. by Elijah Weld. W-A-L-D, Wald, Wald. Mm-hmm. It says blue CD enclosed in yellow on the cover, but there was no Lying blue CD. I think that was probably before our streaming age. Um, hmm. <laughs> what do I say about this book? Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge Robert Johnson fan. Uh, and there's a sense of the blues escaping the Delta, how, how these Delta blues singers, these uh, the image we have of the guys, the, the recently emancipated slaves uh, sitting on a porch in poverty uh, using um, a, a knife to play slide guitar on their battered acoustic and moaning the blues. Yeah, yeah. And then moving away from this, the Delta into places like Chicago with chess records and the electric blues scene with Muddy and Howling Wolf and all that. Um, Really what Elijah Wald is, is doing here is presenting an argument. Okay. Uh, and the argument that he's saying is um, our this um, nostalgic view of the blues is actually deeply flawed. There is truth to it, but it is deeply flawed. Okay. And he says, we largely have the blues revival of the 60s to thank for this idea of the blues which comes almost directly from the Rolling Stones and these British invasion guys who found all of this American music. So in America, in sort of the 20s um, and early 30s, there was a big popular blues explosion. Yeah. Um, but the people who were um, singing the blues then were very, very popular were by and large women 
Bessie Smith and others, Mammy, wherever she was, I forget. Um, and there were a few of these guys. So Robert Johnson was uh, popular in his time, in his area, and, and everyone who knew him. But the people of that time, by and large, wouldn't have even known who he was. He yes. wasn't certainly on the radio yes, to, yes, yes. to the extent of these big... And you don't have... Yeah, exactly. And then the sort of the fad the died down and music moved on. And it was only in the 60s when these British guys rediscovered these, or discovered these guys, that they then came to America and, you know, the Rolling Stones brought Harlan Wolf onto TV shows with them and toured with whoever and B.B. King and, um, and and people like Alan Lomax who did the the big concert at Carnegie Hall, um, Southern whatever and Swing where that's he a found... Job. Yeah, that's a job I need. ...found his um, blues guys and he looked for Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson unfortunately had died like two weeks before where suddenly there was this rediscovery of the blues and the guys it's almost like by chance that the Stones found Robert Johnson and decided that he was the king of the blues and started the marketing and, and he has been yeah and, and there was also this this um, idea of moaning the blues to the point where when Alan Lomax brought someone like Big Bill Brunsey to New York to play would write up these things oh I've taken him away from his farm in his overalls and now he's going to moan about his hard life meanwhile he wasn't like that at yeah. all Big Bull Brunsey was this you know sharp dressed guy cigars Cadillacs whatever I'm not sure no no, no, but, you, no but I know but, what you mean yeah. they, they, they this is uh, fascinating in, in, and, and in the marketing it speaks sense. to, to on, on race as well yeah. this, this white guilt of um, I might be rich but I want to assuage my rich guilt by by um, you know, proclaiming the nobility of this uh, primitive poor guy who can who can sing and he has talent. Yes, Ooh, yes, you know? yes. Um, Look at me. So I'm, I'm going to support the blues. Oh. So, so there's, it, yeah. it's filled with all these very, very interesting sort of racial things of how we uh, we have this very nostalgic idea of the blues that has elements of truth in it, but actually the the real story is is quite different. Yeah, uh, and if. Or, or, or the whole idea of the blues that now we we, yes, we are very, told very about. that mostly white people are into is <laughs> very interesting. I talks about that that the, the the big audience for the blues now is mostly white people yep. who discovered the blues through the Rolling Stones and then on on on, on uh, had this idea of this moaning blues guy and the more authentic and, and Robert Johnson and Sunhouse are the really authentic blues, but meanwhile. You know, in the original it's time, the where it, was, it wasn't really like that, and and even though that's not necessarily a bad thing, that it's been like that, it is a very complicated thing, and we he's almost like deconstructing, pulling but you know the wool off people's eyes and saying, well, actually, um, our idea of the blues is, is is more of a construction than we'd like to um, admit to, and it's it's a, almost a, a, a racial construction at all. That's not really, but that's involved in it as well. Um, and Robert Johnson was called the king of the blues singers, uh, but you know that's also a construction. But then we also then we had to make up the story about the devil and the crossroads, and, and that's and also that. got 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 elements of truth in it. But also he, he interrogates that as well. So it's interrogation of our idea of what blues music is, and he's not saying it's necessarily a bad thing that we that we do because Robert Johnson was an absolute genius and was brilliant. But 
we need to, or he doesn't say we need to, but it's, he said, I've interrogated this. I found a lot of inconsistencies. It's far more complex and convoluted than we think. It's fraught with ideas of race and construction. So now tell me, you said you didn't, you weren't sure that you liked the book. No, I love the book. Oh, I just wish. You just didn't like the Because I, I really enjoy yeah. that idea and it speaks to my. It's, it's so um, much, it's again, interesting. I mean, maybe I could jump in here. We're kind of moving out of the book's little segue. Um, going to Mauritius now was part of a, a big, press trip for the um, tourism board in, in Mauritius. Okay. Um, the Van Dyke Park. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the point is, you know, obviously, you know, you've got a lot of uh, travel agents, you've got a few journos, you've got this, you've got that and the next thing. And the whole point is to go, our country is open, here's all the legislation that you need to know about, to tell people about, and our country is very beautiful, and here's all the places and the things to do and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Which is all lovely, and again, it's it's relative to what you've just been chatting about. It's a hell of a lot less complex in terms of, of selling. It's like it's a beautiful beach. Do you like a beautiful beach? There's one. Mm. Have a nice day. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, done. But we got it. I got into a chat with a couple of people about just you know marketing in general, in general mm. being lies, just flat out lies. Yeah, advertising um, and marketing. Yeah, so for it's, the most part. it's. I mean, this whole thing of. Yeah, the blues being made, whatever it is, dark or sexy or glamorous or sad or this or that, and it's not any of those one things. And there's um, and to you as as a, as a as a player, it could be a whole different thing. To me, I'm going well. Look again, I don't play I don't play blues, but I'm going well. Just I'm fairly bored by again the perception of whatever. It's it's three or four chords and mm. it's this and it's that and it's twelve bars and. Yeah. Again, but it's a perception. It's going. You know, that's not only the blues, and you've got this whole story, which resulted in this whole story. And again, like we've just been chatting about with what's in the what's the Bible, uh, what is the Bible? Is you're going a little bit of context and a little bit of background checking and whatever, and it suddenly becomes utterly fascinating. But you have to, whatever you're diving into, and maybe uh, maybe that's where our tagline is going to come from. We're going to go. You know, the marketing for this book or this film or this music or this whatever says, bleh. Marketing but we watched mythology. it or we listened to it or we read it. Yeah, not so much or very much so. But it's, um, I think marketing is, is a very, very dangerous thing. And I think, you know, it is one of the strengths of our kind of ramshackle approach to what we're doing here <laughs> is, is that is that we're not under pressure no. to subscribe to a point of view. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just, yeah, it's just two random white dudes sitting in a room talking about stuff exactly so so it, it um in a, in a sense deconstructs the mythology around the blues um but he's also careful to to say that there is i mean this is from truth there are kernels of yeah, truth yeah. in here and, and and let's not you know throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to say the blues baby out with the blues bathwater, blues blues Please, anyway, so I really Delta. did enjoy it. I'm glad I read it, Escaping the Delta Elijah. Well, I'll ruined, read anything about Robert Johnson. Ruined the blues for you forever. Um, it was nice to find out more about Robert Johnson. <laughs> Thanks, Elijah. Uh, yeah, and, and the whole thing. I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by it all. And is I he, discovered some Was he another blues. 27 Club? I know he died yeah. young, but well, yeah, he was 27 also 27. Club was yeah. uh, Robert Johnson. Is he the, so, founder? Is yes. he the founding member? Um, he may have been. He may have been, yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So lovely. I mean, three I books, two books, people. Okay, three books me. together. Look at us. Um, can yes. We, can we do some music? We can. Um, I'll quickly go for the quick thing, and then you can jump into mm. yours. Because I just uh, sent this to you the other day. Brian Wilson from. Yes, uh, I've heard the bits Beach and pieces. I haven't sat down and 
set with it. So as uh, regular listeners will know, Bruce and I are both uh, enamored with Brian Wilson mm. and the Beach Boys, and uh, thus the name of our band, the Van Dyke yes. Parks Board, and the play on Van Dyke Parks that Brian Wilson worked with when he did Smile. Um, has a new album, it's called At My Piano, and it is Brian Wilson playing the piano, playing all the, the hits of the Beach Boys just on the piano. Yeah. So there's one... Uh, he does overlay so it's not just one piano so there are different piano tracks but it's just piano is Brian Wilson capable of not overlaying I don't think that's true no Um, so it's just him playing piano there's no vocals Mm. but the thing that is just so absolutely beautiful 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 about it is he does the Beach Boys um you know, solo piano and, and the melodies are just so, like the first time I listened to it, I had it on quite softly in the background while I was doing something. And I think it was California Girls came on, and, and I really, Hello, and I could have sworn that someone was singing because I oh, was no hearing, you, you hear it so, you hear it so I could clearly. hear that voice so clearly, <laughs> and then I stopped and I listened carefully, and it was just the piano, yeah, because that melody is so it's in, so entrenched, that's amazing in my mind. Wow, so, yeah. um, I, I've been putting it, it's quite chilled, I put it on when I go to sleep, whatever, but um, the, the melodies are so monumentally strong. amazing. Incredible. It's interesting, I saw a little uh, YouTube thing, somebody was interviewing him for this, okay. um, but uh, kind of one of those proper long-term, I wish I could do interviews. Mm. Uh, you know, we used, you, uh, the guy was driving him around and yeah. this and that, yeah, spending a week with him that. or two weeks with him. What just struck me though, because Brian is very frail mm. still, you know, and, and oh, just- Oh, the guy was saying the only way you can actually get into answer questions is to be very kind of relaxed. Yeah. Let's do something else. Oh, by the way, yeah. and then Brian will talk. But also just, I just, I didn't watch the whole thing, but the guy's manner and gentleness with him was just amazing. Yeah. Um, because there would be someone and Brian would get confused. And you go, you know, just, I, I don't know where I've, where I'm mm. and it's difficult. Yeah. You know, you're not his carer. You're not a, you're not a relative. Yeah. It's not an easy, but this guy was just so cool again to the, the reasons for doing something. And I'm, I'm hoping that there's not, you know, dark, deep, dark stuff in the cupboards of, of authors we've just talked about or whatever, you know, but that the reason for doing something like this, what's the Bible or, or the blues or the whatever, is just to go, this is something I'm passionate about. Mm. So the reason there is to go, Brian, you know, we want to, we want to, present this as well as we can yeah i'm not going to write about you know what happened the accident you had behind the thing at the place you know that's irrelevant it's just a lot of trust exactly a huge amount of trust which i know for brian is difficult as well so yeah that's definitely worth it now i um still and and uh Stefan mocks me for this roundly, mm. but you know he's still got whatever. He's still got rubbish. Anyway, I still collect CDs. I still have from uh, round a, CDs. A careers worth of of uh, reverse reversing reviewing. One day you're gonna make something out of this, like a Christmas tree, Maybe. a CD Christmas potentially. Tree. But um, I mean, it is a hugely whittled down uh, collection. Um, but I've still got about about two and a half, three thousand uh, CDs, which I which I regularly rotate in a in a this must be a project for us we need to make a a jukebox a juke jukebox yes jukebox a cd jukebox that can hold like three thousand i want that that you just push the button and say random go so anyway so a lot of over the years a lot of the uh the review cds that came in they would come in just from the the company that they were but just in a cardboard sleeve with a yeah, printed, oh, a printed yeah, title, yeah, little media sticker. release yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not the, the the jewel box. It's not the the cover art and whatever. So you also you know in terms of filing it, you're going, oh, I want to keep that, but on a on a shelf, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's yeah. a, an envelope size. You, you don't you a, don't see one it. One of those massive sleeves. You just don't see like. it. So every now and then, I as I say, with my random recycling of of the of the playlisting here, I go through everything. Um, 
but I found one, The Delays, the and delays. it's called You See Colours. Um, and no, not just, it, I remember when we, my wife and I lived in the UK, 2003, 2004, and they had an album out around then, and they were, they were just sort of breaking through. They're from Southampton. Um, they're sort of, they're, they're, uh, their big bands for them were kind of Manic Street Preachers and, and the Lars and stuff. So there is that well-played, very strong melody kind of Brit, Brit pop vibe. Yeah. And then also uh, Greg Gilbert, who is the singer, who I just, uh, in, in listening and just checking up some facts for now, mm. I found out died this year, oh. which is terribly sad. But this, this very, very distinctive and strong falsetto lead vocal. Um, so just this wonderful, you know, Sorry, the, the, uh, the, crazy. You the, the, yeah, the, 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 the falsetto lead vocal obviously gives, makes a real standout of the, uh, of the music. It's not, it's not this thing where you just have somebody in the same register as everybody else all the time. Very, very melodic, great, strong, strong tunes. Um, so you see colors, great, great album. One word um, from me, and they do exactly what they, they want. They do exactly what they want to. There's a, just a chap um, putting a paper in the gate or something. He'll move now. Yeah, um, nearly jumped right over yeah, his head. Took his face off. Anyway, we'll stop commentating on the dogs. Uh, you see colors, yeah. So this was the second studio album that they did. and came out in, in 2006. Um, and just, it's one of the, it is, it's a, it's kind of an all killer, no filler, but it's not, ah. the killer is not smack you in the face killer, if that makes sense. It's, they're all great songs, but there's no, massive things on it but it's the kind of thing that when you list it A you want to listen to it till it's finished which is not even with huge yeah, albums is not necessarily a given um, and also it's the kind of thing where you're going to find probably two or three songs on it that will stay in your soundtrack ah very good uh, so it, by which I mean they're not they're not hits they may have never had radio play but you're going to go I love that, that one speaks to me yeah but it's not it's not only that I like it as a musician or I can hear a good a good melody or lovely production or whatever it's just that there's something in that that really really connects so the, the one for me here is a song called Too Much In Your Life uh, beautiful beautiful melody so I'd recommend if you're going to look that up if you're going to do something about following up on the show mm. uh, delays not that just delays oh delays um, and uh, it, the album is called UC Colours and my, my pick from it, from the album, would be Too Much In Your Life. It's track five. Go and check that out. Okay. I will give a shout out to an erstwhile listener of ours, Maddie Matz, Fat Christensen in the UK, whose band Mooty Music has just released an album. Mooty Music? If you're in the UK, you yes. can probably get it on vinyl. Correct. And, it's an uh, album now. Or an EP or something. I was going to say, good grief. How did they get to And uh, I know they, they gigged uh, this past week for the first yes. time. So, and apparently it was sold out and very, very good. Oh, good, man. Lovely. So uh, check out Muti Music, M-U-T-H-I, and then Music. Um, How would you describe that sound yes. that they have? Yes, I would. It's, it's, quite a tricky, it's quite a tricky description, I think. Yeah, let's not even. Let's let, let's let them. We'll we'll interview Matt on the show, and he can talk Excellent. about it. Um, good, nice, music wise. Uh, while we're talking about music, there. I do have my Martin D eighteen Golden Era. Oh yes, very nice. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play one. I love that you chord. can't ever ever call it my guitar. No. You've got to say the whole bang sheet. So I've developed a new chord, and I'm going to play it for you and see what you think. Listen to this chord. Ah, oh, I love it. Hey, hey. It's not going to be a quick change chord, looking at your fingers. It's no. four frets, people. Four frets. But you get back there again. 
I'm gonna write a really quick song to go with that. Just just to watch you bleed when you play it. Yeah. Anyway, so there's <laughs> oh, my new chord I thought. Oh, I'd we can also just sort of throw out a little what? little tidbit that uh, our producer friend is keen on keen on working together again, so we may be getting back to the studio soon. We're waiting for Mike Wright at Glorivale Studios has yes. indicated uh, he has some time for us. So on that, please Mike Wright. Gloryvale Studios in Edenvale. Oh, Look him up, use book him. it. He's, He's fantastic. Um, so hopefully before the end of the year we'll have another one in the can, Bruce. Can, we'll can it. Um, right. In terms of what we've watched, uh, I've ha- watched a couple of movies uh, since last we mm-hmm. spoke. Um, on Netflix, the new big one is a Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock and Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. movie called Red Notice, which mm-hmm. is an action comedy, which... Ryan Reynolds basically was born to do. He is action comic. Um, yes, he's actively comic. And so it's very, very like big budget. Comically active. Yeah, exactly. Um, bombs and guns and spies and a rip roaring, rollicking romp through all of the things. Rip roaring, rollicking. Uh, yeah, romp. and it's you know exotic locations and you know it's got bits of Indiana Jones and bits of James Bond and bits, but all sort of uh, quite light and and funny. Uh, with does it work? It does. Okay. It's fantastic. No, I've seen, I've seen, and I've it's seen, set up for a sequel. Oh, well. I saw a brutal but beautifully written and long review which just ripped it to absolute I'm sure rate. it is a very, um, uh, I don't know, maybe it was in the right thing, uh, right um, frame of mind. It, no, but it was just hilariously bad. It was a sort of, a Red Notice is, is bad for Netflix and probably for you oh, really? or something. You <laughs> okay, maybe I don't know enough about no, that. Uh, but, but again, I'm, uh, all, all three of those stars are people, again, there's not necessarily, we're not going to go for a, a dramatic Oscar in, in the bunch there. Um, uh, and they're all, they're all people who, to some degree, a greater or lesser degree, play themselves. Yeah. Persona wise. Yes. And, and Ryan Reynolds is, is improving and doing one liners all the time. But yeah, he is—he's the new George Clooney in the in the like I can charm the pants off you, whatever you're doing and yeah. wherever you are. Um, and girl is girl, yeah. Sure. Anyway, so I, I really enjoyed that uh, as a bit of escapist sort of fluff. Um, I also watched another Ryan Reynolds movie called Free Guy. Yes, where he finds himself as a the first—he's basically a character in a game that's a peripheral side character who suddenly starts developing his own personality and becomes the first sort of. AI that has its own sentience almost in the computer dun, game. Dun. Anyway, it's also got um, Jodie Comer from... So it's like um, the Lego movie then. Killing Eve. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Killing Eve uh, starring opposite uh, Ryan Reynolds. It was also like fantastically done. You know, you're inside this game and um, you, you know all the, the special effects there were fantastic. It was also just like sort of great, uh, more of a kind of a family thing almost. Mm. Uh, yeah, fun, fun, fun. I would recommend that. Then I also watched the new James Bond, No Time to Die. Oh, wow. Look at you. Which is... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's the last one that Daniel Craig said he'd sign up, up to do. And I don't yeah. want to give any spoilers, but I, I at the end of it, I was like, is this the last Bond ever? Which it actually well, that's might the, be. That's I'm a spoiler then. Look, yeah. yeah you've done that. Um, and it sort of uh, ties all the loose ends together from the last ever mini with Blofeld and the his love interest and they have a whole party and everybody dies no? yeah it has like three or four really incredible action sequences that you expect from James Bond the the, the settings aren't quite as varied as you might expect but um, beautiful it is very it's quite slow it's quite serious yeah. um, it tries to that seems to have been the thing almost to try and 
They're trying to humanize Bond. Well, yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. Not, not in terms of the, right. of the weirdness, but in terms of the seriousness. No, no, no. They didn't, no, they didn't do too much. <sighs> no, but just the, the last... I mean, again, you could, Roger Moore couldn't star in a... In a, in a bond today no, they were one Be- because there's there's no. not there's too much heaviness there were one or two little lines that yeah. of that little bit of tiny bit of sense of humor that came in from from back in there and they make a bit of a meal of bond james bond which they've been doing for yes. the last few um it ties to it ties a lot of loose ends together they try to sort of humanize him you know M- just i'm just picturing he's, I mean, he's in some third little country and he goes to the desk and he's your name sir bond james bond and you know and just a, a, like a, a checking into into yeah. faulty towers or something sequence anyway yeah um i i don't know if i enjoyed it uh, i don't know i suppose i had these certain expectations of james bond and this was a bit too not serious those. too serious for me but again um, back to the back to our earlier thing of the marketing if if you know if your expectations are xyz they, they've made them that yeah and then to not meet them also, from what I've heard, I haven't seen it yet, but very long. Very long. And the, the woman who is from, I think, one or two uh, back, uh, his sort of love interest now, who, who's now the one for him, uh, a French actress whose name I, I can't remember, and I've seen her say something else as well. Mm. I actually decided that she... You know you get actors when they're on scene, they can't help but steal the scene. You just yeah, yeah, look yeah. at You can't stop looking at them. She is the opposite of that. For me, ah, she is ah, that's so um, hard. George Michael's wow. girlfriend from uh, Arrested Development. Oh, I was in Anne. Yes, yeah. And that no one could remember her name because <laughs> or, have I met you before? Eventually, they called her like but potato or something. They couldn't like or blank. They, uh, for me, she has so oh, little on-screen charisma. I mean, she's attractive. French uh, has a vulnerability and a fragileness to her face, and she's she has this child and all this stuff, but. I don't find her. I mean, it's you can think of funny. the Bond, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, bombshells of Anti-charismatic. your anti-charismatic. Um, yeah, I, I find her quite white bread, quite blank, quite plain. Shame. Which I don't know. That could just be me, and it maybe says more about me than it does about her. But I didn't really um, enjoy it too much. And uh, I must actually Google: Is this the end for Bond? Um, and the last thing I'll just quickly mention was uh, something that I said I'd started watching. is called Black Spot. It's a French uh, show on Netflix. It's very, very dark. It's a a very small town in France in the midst of this forest. There's an element of environmentalism because the forest seems to be sentient as well, and okay. that's a, a part of the thing that every now and then something strange will happen to do with. Is the forest actually doing something? And it, it seems to be that the forest is rebelling against a, a industrial development that is poisoning the land that you oh, can find in out. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. but it's incredibly dark. Also, a little bit um, idiosyncratic, which I quite like. So there's a little bit of a Twin Peaks. Uh, but very subtle just yeah. like a character here is just stands out and is a bit weird and has these idiosyncrasies and then there are these giant ravens that are yeah background. well yeah something like that it's not quite as um surrealist as as uh, a lynch but uh, black spot uh, it's two seasons i've watched the first season i thought i don't know that i'll watch another season but now that's gotten to the end of the first season i'm like oh i think i'm gonna watch mm-hmm. the second season it's got some interesting characters it is quite mm-hmm. slow uh, and then, like the the other Dutch thing that I watched, quite slow, but then builds up very beautifully to to mm-hmm. a climax at the end, which I quite like. It's very very always dark. like a climax at the end. Indeed, it's very very dark. It's got this kind of um, banjo-y kind of uh, American 
South the Hills of Eyes kind of soundtrack to it. Um, so Black Spot, I think it's worth a watch if you're into that kind of dark um, murder mystery, uh, the police force in an in a isolated town and strange things going on, eerie. Fantastic. Good. Those are all my things. Bro. Right, so I finished, as I mentioned, I finished Squid Game, finally. Ah, tell um, me, tell me, tell me. No. I liked it. I didn't love it. Really, I yeah. thought it was so good, and it's become such a such. Well, a this is the thing. thing. It's, I, I, again, which wasn't planned, but back to our, our marketing. I think it's just because well, it's the, it's the number one show on Netflix and blah 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 and yeah. all the, whatever. So, yes, but the Kardashians is highly rated for crying out loud. You know, so I think it's a good game for me. It looks it looks fantastic. Yeah, I think they've done a beautiful job with the production design. But it's it, it which you know clearly, clearly it's not a new story. Um, yeah, it's survivor, yeah, yeah. survivor with battle guns. royale. Survivor and, with guns. Um, you know, so survivor Jeff, and Jeff, what's his name? Jeff Probst, oh, you know, goodness. in a mask or whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, but it just it didn't really have enough extra. Um, I thought it, I thought it did that uh, formula well, yeah, but not brilliantly. So and it looked it looked great, but I'm I'm going. There's not. Did the characters and the end of that one episode when they're doing the tug of war thing and then it ends and you're like, what? No. Yes, but but maybe it, I gave myself to but it good, too but easily. not 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 again. It didn't. It, I didn't. I think probably because it is a formula that is very well trodden. In it just just take Survivor. If if you've watched Survivor, yeah, yeah. it's exactly the same thing. Do you think hype played into it? Because 100%. I watched it early enough that I didn't have any hype around. I just oh, there's this Squid Game thing yeah, that looks yeah, interesting, yeah. and I watched it. With, whereas you had had everyone saying, oh, you've got to watch Squid Game. You've got to watch Squid Game. Yeah, yeah. Again, it wouldn't have. It, no, knowing myself well enough and having watched enough stuff over the years, but I think I think because it's such a well worn formula, like like the James Bond thing, you're going yeah, they okay. do this and they do that and they've done the next thing. Um, and this one doesn't really work and you mentioned the uh, Red Notice they've done it's a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of the yeah. next thing and it's fluffy but it's fine you know it's the same thing it's it's kind of it's it's fine it's not it's not it's not it's by no stretch of the imagination bad TV but it's not genre defining right. you know in the same way I, I caught 10 minutes of, of uh, um, Twilight one of the Twilights oh my goodness. in a hotel room last week <laughs> and it's just I, I thought it was rubbish then with all the hype yeah. But it's just dated so incredibly badly. To to his credit, I did see an, a recent interview with Robert Pattinson, yes. and he was asked about it, and he was going, "I oh, know I was trying to make the guy a bit depressed. I mean, he's a hundred and six year old virgin, you know." <laughs> thought, Interesting cat, yeah. is old Robert Pattinson. Um, okay, so that was a good game. Not so bad. Then the, the you really on, okay. on the on the upslide on the upslide upslide upsliding tick down tick the boom tick tick. Oh, okay, this is Jonathan Larson. So musical theatre writer, oh, oh, the guy Rent. who wrote Rent and okay. a couple of others, including Tick Tick Boom, which is Garfield. more or less the story of his life. This is the best thing I've seen this year by, oh, really? by miles. Really? By miles. The thing is, it okay, might not good. be for you okay. because as a, as a non-theatre, music yeah, theater, musical theatre person, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it's got all of that stuff, which I love. It's got sublime music. It's brilliant music. Garfield sings. He can sing. It's, it's, it's a okay. special performance. You mentioned um, some people when you, they just disappear into the character and you... Yes. He, he completely does that. Excellent. Yeah. You just you, he goes. He's gone. Um, it's a wonderful performance. I don't know, you know, if it's too niche for major Oscar consideration or whatever. Whatever. Wow. Okay. Good. But, um, but beautiful music. It's it's directed by Lin Manuel Miranda, oh, who yeah, wrote yeah. Hamilton, and is it's in a very a tragic story. Yeah. Yes, the, the real story. Cause, yes, because he died just before yes. it actually. Yeah, but of of a heart aneurysm. So I mean, he was yeah. he was part of a group of people. Obviously, Rent reflects that. You know, sort of bohemian types, and there was a lot of AIDS and this. That was that time yeah. in history. New York, um, but the New Yorkness of it is amazing. The music is amazing. The 
the passion for what he's doing is amazing. The the <laughs> the gap for people like us who create uh, art and mm. it, when you see how how committed he was and how talented he was, mm. not just like Stephen Sondheim thought he was great. Yeah, you know, um, and phoned to tell him so. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it's you've got that level, and he still took forever to mm. get anywhere. Um, but it's it's this beautiful movie, so much heart. Lin Manuel Miranda directing, I think, makes a big de- a big difference because okay. he completely gets the scenario. Mm. There's also if you are a, a Broadway buff, but you have to be a proper buff. You won't just spot it easily. There are cameos all over the place okay. from from Broadway people. But again, you you need to be more knowledgeable than me on on the quite considerably so to to identify everybody. But you you can pick up every now and then that there's a, a funny little reference. You know, from somebody who's clearly famous in that role right, there, right, right, who's right. who's just made an aside that is a bit snide and whatever. Um, but just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. Okay, it was wonderfully well, made. It also it looks really like I watch it. it looks like those. Uh, you know, the way it's made, it's sort of cross cut with what looks like sort of home video footage, and then this okay. and live performance, and then that sort of musicals thing where you know the guys alone in a park and the whatever you know something right. un- unlikely is happening etc right. etc et but it's but it's just magnificent okay really, good that it makes me feel good it looked it looked good and then I'd sort of googled it because the trailer that I saw looked so great and then I sort of read the background and it looked quite tragic I thought oh gosh oh no like no it's sad this story. is the thing it is again because of what happened ultimately it's it's sad but it, if it, it's very much a joyful movie okay. it is packed with joy it's lovely lovely I can't interesting again if you hate musical theater or this or that, or you just don't get it at all, it won't be your cup of tea. But um, it's it's great filmmaking. Again, if you're at all sort of aware of Lin-Manuel Miranda's mm. impact on culture and Jonathan Larson's impact on popular culture, um, it's kind of important in that sense. Yes. Um, and just, hmm. it's great music again. So it might not be your taste of music, but it is provably, you'll go and look yeah. at it as a, as a music technician, as a music theorist and go, wow. This, yeah, this, the stuff this guy does is, is phenomenal. So Excellent. very, very highly recommended. Nice. What's it called? Tick, 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 tick. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Right. And based on on based on the stage musical, the same name, which is very low key. It's kind of written by him about him, him at a piano and a few backing musicians. Very good. I very think good. that's enough for this week, Bruce. We've think, covered quite a lot. We've yes. spoken quite quickly Goodness because we me. knew we had to, but we've actually um, we've actually covered quite a lot. Um, so fantastic! That's it for the pod, the chorus podcast, the chorus podcast, chorus podcast this week. Um, I don't know how many more we'll have. At least a few more before the end of the year. Yes, and we'll have and, a huge, um, huge Christmas party. Uh, at least two people there, possibly. Yes, yeah. ah, I've even got some uh, bourbon that we can. And I think we need to open. we need to do a, a first take next week. Maybe. Indeed, I've got a suggestion Excellent. that I'm going to make, which I'll say to you, but we, we won't practice. We'll, it'll be a first take. All right. Fantastic. Lovely. Have Good a lovely, everyone. lovely week. Uh, we'll see you Do again all soon. Things. Go to theatre. Indeed. Bye. And bye-bye.